Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me as always is the lovely co-host, Hannah. How are you doing this week? I'm a little cold, a little chilly. Why is that? We in our new house are experiencing our second snowfall. Wow, so magical. Yes. It actually, I mean, it's <laughs> no, very yeah. pretty when it falls. It's kind of nice that it's on a weekend. Yeah, um, well, I'm not, it's not really a weekend. But... Yeah. Sunday. Yeah, but <laughs> got to get up early for work tomorrow. Yeah, I know, but that's why I mean, like, because we everybody works from home now. It's not like it's like oh, we skip a day of school. Like, you know, does that make any sense? No. Like, so we have to work tomorrow anyway. So if it's gonna snow, like, we're not gonna get off of work because it's snowing tomorrow. So it's nice that it's on a weekend. We get to sort of like experience it a little. If we wanted to go outside, we could. Oh, well, we didn't. We didn't, though. Because we're indoor. <laughs> That's why I was people. like, I don't really understand what you're getting to. Trying, we haven't left our house today. I'm trying to appeal to the masses because people like to spend their time outdoors. No, not we, us. We though. moved to the city so that we wouldn't have to spend time outdoors. <laughs> so, anyway, here we are this week. All bundled up, snuggling under blankets, watching Dying of the Light. Uh, oof, I don't know a what really to say. A really lovely movie to snuggle up to. I, I, I don't know what to say about this movie. I don't even know how to recap it in one sentence like I usually do in the beginning of our podcast. I guess it's just that a... Former CIA operative? Well, he's still a CIA operative, but he's sort of also a former CIA operative is trying to get revenge on the man who tortured him 20 years ago. And, of course, Nick Cage is the CIA operative. And he was recently diagnosed with dementia. Yes, that is a wrinkle to this story, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) That's the only thing that makes this story different than any other revenge movie. I think that makes this story worse. Worse. Like, like provably worse, like scientifically worse. Yeah, there's science behind that yes, statement. I guess. Anywho, we'll get into some of the details of that. But before we do, Hannah's going to give us a little bit of background information. Maybe what Nick is doing in his life at this point in time. Don't have much about what he's doing in his life. That's because okay. it's still 2014. And we've already watched three or four movies in 2014. Mm. And I think I relayed all of the um, anecdotal situations, sure. whatever you want to call it. Um so, Dying in the Light 2014, this movie got a 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb and an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is better than the 1% that we watched last week. So, as Steve mentioned to me right before we started watching this, he said, nowhere to go but up, Han. And I'm like, well, I guess that's true. Well, it's not entirely true. We This could have been a zero, but we knew that there, <laughs> it was very likely not going to be a zero. And it wasn't. I think 8 is a little rough. For this movie, I don't think it's that bad. No, me neither. But we'll get into it's what we good. thought later. Yeah, it's um, certainly not good. <laughs> so, it had a budget of five million, and I couldn't find how much it made. Let's I can't imagine much. Let's <laughs> just assume it didn't make money. So, some interesting production scenarios here. What do you got? I love production scenarios. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> So Paul Schrader was the director. Okay. And he 
throughout production, directed, helped, you know, produce this film, all that, like worked with production, this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Right after this movie was produced in when they were going into post-production and that's when all the editing and the mixing of sound and like the yeah. scoring of the music, that's when that all comes into play mm-hmm. and cinematography, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was taken from Paul Schrader and the existing production company re-edited, re-scored, remixed by a production company called Grindhouse. And Grindhouse, oh. it looked familiar to me when I saw it in the beginning, and that was because Grindhouse also produced The Frozen Ground, oh, which was okay. a movie that we watched a couple weeks ago, the one with John Cusack and Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, and that was one good. was pretty good, yeah. So the drama behind this is Grindhouse made everyone who participated in the film, whether it be on the production end, behind the scenes, or whether it be the actors, sign a non-disparagement clause. So there's photos of Paul Schrader, the director, mm-hmm. Nick Cage, and Anton Yelnich. Yelchin. Yelchin. He was the co-star in this movie. Yes. Wearing matching t-shirts with the non-disparagement clause that they had to sign with Grindhouse. The clause is an artist's contract giving owners of the film grindhouse the right to sue the artist should they deem anything the artist says about the film as being derogatory so i think that everyone involved in the movie were really pissed that this movie was taken from them and they really hated the way that grindhouse ended up editing and releasing it so this was a bit of a silent protest wearing these t-shirts and taking this photo Hmm. and it was nick cage's Anton Yelchin. Yes. And Paul Schrader's way of saying to audiences, don't watch this movie. Wow. Wow. That's that's something. They tried to release like the original version of it in 2017, and I think they had like legal issues. Release the Snyder cut. Release the Schrader (laughs) cut. The Schrader cut. Um, So while you were relaying that story, I was listening, of course, and that's wild that. They signed a non-disparagement clause. I I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Me neither. I, I guess it exists, you know, maybe only in cases like this where it's yeah, c- kind of taken in not the best way. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what the repercussions of, of if they were to say, like, yeah, no, this movie sucks. Like, would they get fined? They'd get fined. Would they get sued? Would they have to pay the money back that they that they were paid for the film? I don't know wild but while you were looking that up what i was gonna say is that i was scrolling through imdb to look for um because they mentioned like on the poster that paul schrader's done some other pretty notable work i don't know if you have that there or not but i didn't look that i up. did stumble up across the worldwide gross of this movie that you said you did oh, not have i couldn't find it six hundred thousand dollars Ooh. yeah <laughs> so well, budget, budget of five million i mean the protest worked i guess so. they didn't want people to watch it they didn't yeah. want this movie to make money i don't doubt it. I I can see why it's not particularly good. Like I said, I don't think it's that bad, but it's not particularly good. But you know who made money from this? Who? Nick Cage. Oh yeah. Nick Cage made one million dollars out of the five million dollar budget. Whoa. A fifth. Whoa. A fifth went to his salary. Whoa. No wonder it's like him in Anton Yelchin, and no one else I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah. They really had to save money Well, this actors. movie was shot mostly in Romania. Okay. And partly in the U.S. And then there are scenes that are supposed to be in Kenya, and it was actually filmed on the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. Australia. I 
figured. <laughs> there were some pretty obvious green screen moments in Kenya. Yeah, there were things that were clearly not Kenya. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. And then like a few stock videos of the streets of Kenya, which like, because I'm sure that they had some B-roll or something that looked like it was Kenya, but none well, of the actors were in it. Like, so it was probably stock photos. I I wonder if it was like they couldn't get visas or something to film there, because I would have mm-hmm. to assume that filming in Kenya is likely cheaper than filming in Australia. Yeah, I don't know. And getting from like Bucharest to Kenya is probably cheaper than getting from Bucharest to Queensland on a flight. And then from the US to Kenya. I don't know. I don't know. But here we are. (laughs) They had a pretty low budget. Like they did all that pretty cheaply. I guess so. Yeah. If you consider that they only had $4 million after they paid Nick Cage. That seems like like when you go to a casino or something, and it's like, I'm going to spend 20% of my money on the roulette wheel. And people go, why? It's so risky. Because you can win big if you hit it right. Like, mm-hmm. if you hit the right numbers, you can win huge. And it's like, yeah, but the chances of that are pretty slim. You know what I mean? Well, they won huge by getting Nick Cage in this movie. But originally, it was not supposed to be Nick Cage oh. and Anton Yelchin who oh. were playing their characters. Uh-huh. It was supposed. Did you like that transition? I did. Thank very you. great. Very good segue. Thanks. Um, originally, this uh, film was suggested to Harrison Ford and Channing Tatum to play those two characters. Ugh. Oh God. <laughs> Ugh. I think it'd be worse. And the original title of the movie before Grindhouse took over was In the Dying Light. In the dying light. Okay. The only other fact I have about Nick, other than the fact that he made a million dollars from this. <sighs> Unbelievable. Is he, and I, when I was looking this up, all I could find is they said, quote, he went gray haired for this character. And I didn't know if that meant that he's, because it's very yeah. obvious that he's been dyeing his hair like oh my jet God. black uh, j- for yeah. the past couple movies he's that like we've seen. He's like taking house paint and like <laughs> rubbing it on his head. Like it's so It's like obvious. tar. It's really terrible. Yeah. So I... I wasn't clear as to whether that meant that he went gray-haired as and he stopped dyeing his hair and just let his hair go gray because that yeah. must have been a very quick turnaround. Yeah. If so. Yeah. Or if he got his hair dyed gray for the character. I have a feeling he dyed it. He dyed it gray? It That's... looks really natural. Yeah. Like, I thought that I that know. was one... Of, I thought that was some of the best hair that he's had. Honestly, you are correct. And it's his hair. Like, it's his yeah. natural hair. He's not doing that stupid Chad Kroger or <laughs> with the with the blonde ramen noodles on his hair like we've seen. Right. Like, this is the first time that he's had lighter hair and it's not an utter, like, travesty on yeah. his head. Yeah. No, it looks okay. Yeah, it looked natural. Like, that's why, that's why I have to think that possibly he went gray for the character, meaning he let his hair go gray. I don't know. I don't know. Write in. Tell us what you think, listening the only, audience. The, my only trepidation in making that statement is that he cranks out these movies so fast that I'm I just thinking. don't know how he would have had time to let his hair go gray unless yeah. it, I mean, unless he's that stressed out that his hair would just go gray in like an instant. Did you like that snap? Steve hates my snaps. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Yeah. Hannah just turned on me on a dime. Yeah. He oh. makes fun of me for my snaps all the time. Okay. No, fuck you. When you snap, <laughs> we your don't fingers, care. No one cares. <laughs> you take the full fingertip and you and you put them together, and that's how you make the firm 
snap sound. But you take only part of your fingertips. Tom is taught to snap. Thumb. Take it up with my parents. I'm I don't know what to. to tell you. I'm going to. All right. Take it next up time you see them, you can be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why didn't you teach your daughter how to snap?" How did no other friends, close friends? No one has ever, ever, e v e r, complained to me <laughs> about my snapping until I met you. <laughs> until literally this podcast, you guys are listening to it first, folks. Hannah's snaps sound like this. How about I do the snaps? And the- you can't even hear that. Fuck <laughs> you. That's not here. It's weak. It's, it's fine. It's, it's you a, can it's a hear snap. it. <laughs> you. Who is it hurting? Me. Oh my god. Where were we? Get on with the movie. I don't Get have any more facts. Oh okay. Yeah. Well, this movie only made six hundred thousand dollars, and you know, it's one of those things where if they can't say anything bad about it, they legally can't say There's anything. There's just at all. nothing at all about this movie, and it's pretty insane that this movie made less than Nick made. Yes. Yeah. They did not even recover. <laughs> the only one who won from this movie was Nicholas Cage. Maybe Anton Yelchin. I don't know what he got paid, but probably not six hundred thousand. No. Yeah. Probably like three hundred, maybe. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. Remind me about sort of about Anton Yelchin at the end of this podcast. Remind you about Remind him, if just... I forget. Yeah. Just be like, hey, you had a question for me. Just be like, hey, Anton Yelchin. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. Sometimes I get wrapped up in this movie and I okay. can't, I can't, I lose, I lose I'll, my train I'll of remind thought. you that he exists at the end of the podcast. Well. <laughs> unfortunately not anymore well <laughs> and, is yeah. that what you wanted no, to say no no i uh, sort of i guess but he passed away in 2016 yeah a few years ago there was a uh kind of a weird car accident that he was involved in unfortunately so he died very young in his maybe early 30s or something like that i think less he was Late born 20s? in 89 oh 89 oh okay yeah mm-hmm. so anyhow we're gonna move on to the movie and uh <laughs> turn from that sour sour note that <laughs> i just put in everyone's mouths to this very silly movie of Dying of the Light. Which shouldn't be silly because it's about a man who is like having a progressive form of dementia. But that essentially. man is, yes, but but that that man man is, is Nicholas Cage. Cage. <laughs> and so therefore it's kind of silly. <laughs> so the movie opens up and it's sort of like these quick flashes of Nicolas Cage as a young man, not gray haired, being young is probably a strong word as a man uh, being tortured by some Arab folks, I guess you could say. And I think I should just lay out essentially what happens. He's being tortured. He's getting hit in the head tons of times. He even gets to a part where they get main guy torturing him. And he's like asking, like, what is your real name? What is your real name? He cuts like a part of his ear off. This guy. A nice uh, chunk. Big chunk. Then just as his ear gets cut off and he's taking all this beating, he gets rescued by his CIA operatives. Mm -hmm. And the guy who was torturing him was presumed dead for 20 years. I think it's important to note that the chunk of his ear that is missing Mm -hmm. is on the same side of his head as the weird (laughs) pockmark scars that that align his jaw. Yes. Yeah, so it's a real, it's a real tri, it's a real trifecta of pain when you go from the because he then wears a, a prosthetic on his ear for the rest of the movie. So no, he doesn't. Only when he's masquerading as the doctor. No, but but the actor Nicholas oh, Cage yeah, yeah, yeah. wears a prosthetic on his ear. But then Sorry. he later in the movie, <laughs> we'll get to it. He then has to dress up as someone else and puts another prosthetic on that prosthetic. But so which is probably just his ear. But it's a. It, <laughs> It's, it's a trifecta of the bad ear, 
the weak jawline and the pock marks on his face. He is the weakest jawline. So weak. (laughs) So it's 22 years later, right? And we see the fucked up ear. We see the gray hand, uh, the gray hair. His, His hands are always shaking as well. And he is sort of breaking in the new recruits at the CIA. So we learn he's a CIA operative. And oh when God, he comes, this when he comes out on the stage, <laughs> he does like that army turn, almost where like yeah, very know, abrupt, very abrupt turn. You like put both of your turns feet together. like ninety degrees, mm-hmm. very rapidly. Yeah, it's very stomp. Yes, yeah, very reminiscent of stomp the yard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. So he's breaking in the 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 new CIA recruits, and he's just immediately shouting at them. I might put in. Almost the entire clip yeah, here. Yeah, it's good. What the hell are you doing here? Haven't you heard? The CIA fell from the Berlin Wall and all the president's men can't put it back together again. It's broke. Not reliable, not trustworthy. Can't stand up to the White House. Backstabbers. Watching porn, tapping phones. Best and brightest, quit or retired. What in the name of Jesus Christ nailed to the cross are you doing here? Because you heard the call. That's why. Your future spread out before you like a cruise ship buffet. You were teaching in a classroom, working in a kitchen, training in a gym, and you heard the call. For some, it was adventure. For some mystique. For all, it was 9-11 and you heard the call and it was the call of duty and love of country. Because you have values. It was a nice way to start. Yeah. (laughs) We both were like, okay, well. I especially love the, (laughs) you have values. You remember he sung that part? Yes. That was fun. He sung a few things in this movie. Did he? I don't remember him singing yeah, anything he else. he sang something else. Okay, you'll have to remind me because I don't know if I wrote that down. So the next time that we see Nicolas Cage, there's some scenes in between and some flashbacks which helps flush out what I mentioned in the in the beginning of, of this breakdown here. But the next time we really see him is he's at Langley at the CIA headquarters in the U.S. And he is talking to his boss like, I want to get back in the field. The boss is like, you're not ready. And he then finds Anton Yelchin, who he works with. He's a buddy of his. And he goes, hand me that dictionary. It's the orange book with all the words in it. Anton Yelchin's like, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, I know what a fucking dictionary And he like is. puts it on the back of his hand, I guess, to prove that he's got a steady hand. And mm-hmm. then he like throws it up in the air and catches it. And he's like, yippee. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, it, was, it was just a weird moment. Like, why did I don't know what the point that? of that scene was. I guess to establish that he's buddies with Anton Yelchin. They could have done that in a better way. A hundred percent. That's why I think... so. A lot of the complaints that the people who worked on this movie from the beginning until post-production have is that the editing and all that is so bad. And, like, I definitely agree that the editing is really bad, but there are scenes like that where it's like, well, they filmed that. They wrote that into the script. There's only so much that editing can, like, screw up for you. Yeah, That's still in that, and that wasn't good. Yeah, I don't think the editing is what brings this movie I think it's a little bit choppy and jumpy and i read mm-hmm. a couple reviews on it and okay. it is it makes it a little challenging to follow yes. what's going on at times mm-hmm. and you obviously can blame that on the editing but i don't think the storyline is particularly good no i don't think so <laughs> i don't either. think that the antagonist is 
interesting or no, good. I don't think so either. <laughs> so after that weird interaction with the dictionary for Nicolas Cage, he takes his car and he drives up to Philadelphia. Hey, to a hospital. I'm pretty sure that the last time that Nick Cage was in Philadelphia, he was stealing the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> but this time he's back in Philadelphia and the first word he says is... <laughs> just Me too. screams it every and, morning when i wake up i know i realize i'm in philadelphia and i scream fuck <laughs> so he says he's that. at university of pennsylvania hospital yeah i guess so i don't know he's probably in louisiana for all we know <laughs> but he says that because he's talking to his doctor at the hospital and his doctor breaks down that he's got dementia we talked about that earlier and essentially it's sort of positioned in a way that it's like his dementia is due to being repeatedly hit in the head so kind almost of like, like cte a, yeah like the like what football players might get and so therefore he says they experience things like irritability mood swings was a big mm-hmm. one for us we were like oh mm-hmm. my god this we're is like oh be... this is gonna be good absolutely <laughs> absolutely but also can't, things can't, like can't wait to watch this uh this man just explode oh my god yeah <laughs> nick cage probably read the script and saw the word mood swings and was like yeah i can do i'm that. in yeah million dollars give it absolutely to me. Give it to me. I got it. It's fine. I don't even need to read it. Just put it on a put it on a big cue card above someone's head that I'm talking to. So, Have you ever seen that YouTube video of his? I think it's like someone's pretending to be his manager, agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, Nick, you don't want to do this. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Give it to me. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the movie. Yeah, uh, sounds great. <laughs> honestly, we're in this period of Nick Cage's life where he just made like 50 bad movies mm-hmm. in a row. This, these are the dark cages. They truly, truly are. So. I think the next scene to point out to you guys is a really weird one where he's at Ruby Tuesdays, or I'm excuse- <laughs> I'm sorry, excuse me, Diamond Tuesdays. It's it's pretty weird that they would make it so obvious that they're at a Ruby Tuesdays of all places. So part of his yeah, dementia strange is strange that, that they call it by name. Exactly. Like, hey, oh, I'm at the diner on Third Street. Yeah. You know? I'm at Diamond Tuesdays. You mean Ruby Tuesdays? Well, so that's part of his dementia <laughs> is that he mixes up the name Ruby Tuesdays with Diamond Tuesdays. Yeah. Oh, and also his dementia is just like faster degrading than usual forms of dementia. I'm not sure if you mentioned that. Too. Oh, I didn't know. So he figures he's got like a few years left to live, yeah. essentially. So also remember, he was like a middle-aged man when he was being tortured, and then it was 22 years later. So that's hence why the gray hair. and Also, sorry, one more thing. Yes. When the doctor told him about it, he also said, you know, at times like these, it's really important to have family around you because mm. this is a really difficult, you know, thing to talk about. So do you have any family that you would like to call that I, that you know, you yeah. can bring here and we can have this conversation? He said, no, I don't have any family. I don't have kids. I don't, I'm, I don't have siblings. I don't have whatever work is my family. And we learned that the only person at work that he cares about is Anton Yelchin. And when are we going to talk about their relationship in a a scene when when he goes over his house? Yeah, there's there's like two more scenes and then... Okay. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what you have to say, too. I want to hear what you have to say. All right. So, So, all right. He's at Ruby Tuesdays having a drink because he just got this horrible news and Anton Yelchin shows up and Mm. that's who he was talking to on the phone when he was like, where are you? I'm at Diamond Tuesdays. I mean, Ruby Tuesdays. And they mentioned the words Ruby Tuesdays like four times in (laughs) in their conversation. Like, is it product placement? I don't understand. They may have gotten paid. I don't know. I don't know. So they have a conversation where Anton Yelchin stumbles across some new information that leads them to believe that the person who tortured Nick Cage 22 years ago is still alive. 
And that new information is that he has a hereditary form of anemia <laughs> called thalassemia. It gets so medical so fast. And, and they start talking about like experimental drugs. Like the audience just knows. Like they don't even talk about like what the what drugs do. What anemia is. Or what anemia is. They, well, they do ultimately say it's a blood disorder. Yeah. So we'll just leave it at that for, for the time being. I meant to look up more about thalassemia, but... It's so specific. Yeah. So so they're like, all right, well, so somebody's been funneling money and drugs back and forth between, I think, Kenya, right? Where, and Bucharest. And Bucharest. So this doctor in Bucharest is giving money, is giving dr- experimental drugs to this guy in Kenya. And because it's thalassemia drugs and some other reason, I don't even know why, we think it's this guy who uh, tortured just, you. Let's just jump to as many conclusions as, as humanly possible. They truly do. It's it, it is very reminiscent of National Treasure in that regard. Yes. It, it was str- it was strong. It was it was, it was, firm. It was resolved. Unresolved. It was resolved. It was resolved. So iron. <laughs> when Nick Cage, upon hearing this information about the anemia and the thalassemia, he does what I believe to be is his best Elvis impression, <laughs> and he gives this really sly side smile. And you had me write down one of the scenes that this is probably one of the worst acting you've ever seen between him and Anton Yelchin. So Nick Cage, now armed with this information. Yeah, so he gives this sly smile to the side as if it's like, I have an idea. Yes. Like, just so obvious and, like, cheesy and forced. Right. You know? Absolutely. Also, one more thought that came into my head when you were talking we're about this. We're spending a ton of time at Ruby Tuesdays. But well, that's what I was going. thinking. I'm yeah. like, never in my life have I thought about the fact that Nick Cage might know what a Ruby Tuesdays is. But because <laughs> of this movie, now I'm like, wow, I bet Nick Cage knows about Ruby Tuesdays. An- <laughs> For those of you not from the United States or any region in the United States where Ruby Tuesdays might be, it is just a chain restaurant reminiscent of an Applebee's, if you're familiar with that, or a TGI Friday's, if you're familiar with that. It's just fine. It's It's, it's very average. It's average American food. You can get American food there. They actually have a banging salad bar, though, I have to admit. Although with COVID, I don't think that salad bars are ever going to be a thing again. That is... Okay, a few things. One, your breakdown of Ruby Tuesdays is very funny to me. But but two, your thought of does Nick Cage know what a Ruby Tuesdays is never crossed my mind and is hysterical to me. Because even upon reading this script, he could still say, like, oh, I thought it was made up for this movie. Yes, that's what I mean. This man's been rich his entire life. You right. think he's ever walked into a Ruby Tuesdays before? I don't know. He only eats food that is like... Hi, welcome to Ruby Tuesdays. What can I get you today? Um, Only if you have any food that mates in a way that I find to be respectable. Dignified. Sure. We'll bring that right out. Christ. (laughs) We're we're like barely through this movie. We're at Ruby Tuesdays. (laughs) So really stuck with me. armed with this information about the anemia and the thalassemia of this guy, <laughs> of this bad guy. This movie is so ridiculous. Nick, Nick Cage storms into his boss's office at the CIA and says, like, 
I've got this extremely circumstantial evidence, and I think we should take this guy out. And the boss is just like, well, if he's going <laughs> to die soon, why don't we just let him die? He's not doing anything harmful. He's been quiet for 22 years. And Nick's like, well, this man needs to pay the price for what he did to me or some shit like that. And then the boss just goes, okay, listen, we know that you've been going to this doctor in Philadelphia using a fake name, fake ID. We have our own doctors here. Why don't we get you some help? Why don't you retire and, you know, retire on top and and we'll take care of it. We'll take care of everything. Should we have the discussion that we had when we were watching the movie? I don't recall. So I brought up the fact that what if a CIA operative in real life got some type of form of degrading mental disease i don't know if that's what you should call it but like cognitive right yeah degradation Mm -hmm. you know it they hold so much power these operatives because they know such secret information so like what do you do with someone who like develops dementia i don't know do they have to like keep them as like witness protection program or something yeah maybe they've got a special place for them but what i theorized is that for the most part you would think that by the time someone develops the you know the dementia of some kind whether it be alzheimer's or something Mm -hmm. else that their information isn't really pertinent anymore that's what i would imagine i mean there's early onset alzheimer's and things i i'm sure that just like the subgroup of of people in the cia who also have that is very limited yeah absolutely it's probably very very few people it's like an edge case yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 probably not very common. So that's my guess. Anyhow, we know you're sick, Nicolas Cage, so why don't we get you some help? Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage is talking about, we need to get this guy. And through gritted teeth, he starts going <laughs> on a rampage. And I guess I'll insert this clip too, because this is one hell of a rampage he goes on. Because it is not the policy of this agency, nor is it the policy of this government to allow the man who's responsible for at least 17 kidnappings, a dozen executions, and the bombing of a tourist bus, some of whom were children, by the way, to go free simply because he's sick. Veneer, damn it. There is a concern that you could become a liability to the agency. Fuck you. Calm down. I'm a liability? You fucked this up just like you fucked up everything else. Fucked up Iran-Contra, fucked up Ames, fucked up 9-11, fucked up WMD, Afghanistan, Iraq, Benghazi. Not you yourself, of course, no. No, you're just the latest in a long line of fuck-ups who've turned this agency into a cesspool of politics and special interests on behalf of the weapons makers and the surveillance industry who get richer while we get weaker. Mr. Lake. I could... I've forgotten more about this agency than you'll ever know. Who put you up to this, huh? Who's got their hand in your pocket now? I've seen a million people like you. A million people. You've got your head so far up Obama's ass, you can't see anything except the shit anymore. Shame on you. Shame on you. Well, one of my favorites is, Benir, goddammit. <laughs> so as he says, Benir, goddammit, Benir being the bad guy, of course, he like rolls his head around as Nick Cage does. Mm -hmm. Another one of my favorite lines from that rampage was, you've got your head so far up Obama's ass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like he didn't say the president's ass. Obama. Obama's ass. Calls him by name just as he calls Ruby Tuesdays by name. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> Do you think Obama's ever been to a, Obama's been to a Ruby Tuesday? I think Obama knows what a Ruby Tuesdays is. He definitely knows. I would. What it I is. would expect Obama. Write in. Let us know if you think if <laughs> if if one of the two of them don't know what a Ruby Tuesdays is, then which one would it be? Is it Obama or is it Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage has no clue over Obama. <laughs> I'm sure before he was president, the, uh, the Obamas went to Ruby Tuesdays like on occasion. Yeah. I mean, they lived in Chicago. It's not like they lived in yeah. L.A. Well, there's much better food in Chicago. <laughs> Pizzeria Uno. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heavens. Where were we? Nick Cage. Pizzeria Uno is a chain restaurant oh in the United States that serves Chicago deep dish pizza. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> What is this podcast coming to? Nothing relevant. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nick Cage, still on his rampage, uh, then gets escorted out of his office and has a nice scream as he gets escorted out. Goodbye. Great, great work there. So the next scene is actually where I want to talk about Nick Cage and Anton Yelchin's relationship because <laughs> Nick Cage is home and he's drinking. And he's doing some research on the doctor who's providing the drugs for the bad guy. And Anton Yelchin shows up. And Anton Yelchin and Nick Cage start drinking together. They start laughing together. And here's the thing about Anton Yelchin. Rest in peace. God bless him. But he's got what this offensive way of, thing are you But he's got this way of speaking thing. where he it's almost like he's trying to seduce his co-star with every line. Yeah. And be like, so the doctor is the one behind all of this. <laughs> Don't you think, Nicholas? <laughs> and like, and like, he's just got this almost very stoic face and sultry delivery—a very sultry delivery <laughs> from this guy. And they're drinking together and they're laughing together. There are scenes where like Nick will reach out and like rub his shoulder. Mm. And what is the relationship? <laughs> because there were times where I thought like maybe, maybe they're gonna kiss. Maybe they're gonna kiss. And then I was like, maybe he's gonna kiss him like. Because he has dementia? And then I was like, what kind of movie would that make this? And then I was like, well, an 8% movie on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) That makes sense. They never do. They never do. They never express that there is any type of relationship other than a friendship going on between them. You also have to keep in mind that this age gap is probably quite large because Nick Cage is supposed to be however old with gray hair 22 years later after his whatever thing in Benghazi, wherever he was when that happened. Yeah, And... Anton Yelchin died at age 27 in 2016. This movie was filmed in 2014. Yeah, so he's in his mid-20s. very young. So there's like a 40-year age gap between Mm. the two of them. Yeah, which is not unheard of. No. It's just a little strange. And I don't really understand what, like... Look, yeah. Why is it? Why I just is he don't delivering? Know. Why are they delivering the lines in this way, where they're like very deeply and passionately looking into each other's he eyes? He can't have known him for that long either. Like he's too young to have been working in the CIA for longer than maybe a few years. Yeah. So I just don't know like where all of their history is. I I would like a backstory. <laughs> they they kind of well, told they, one. They yeah they tell one about how Anton Yelchin screwed up something in the field when he was a young operative. Which was he's still a young operative. So what and then does that Nick Cage mean? was the only one to show up to save him or something like that even though nick cage has complained about being not in the field for 20 plus years so i think along those lines i can gloss over a lot right here oh my god all right so also in this scene there's more loud talking and shouting 
I guess I'll insert some of it here. By the time you start showing symptoms, the atrophy's done its damage, brain mass has decreased. Three years, my guess, that's about it. You know, I want to know something. Were they asking about me? Uh, not to me directly, but yeah. You're angry? Not at them. Well, actually, maybe at them, but this whole damn thing. Why me? Why the fuck me? I didn't do anything wrong. Ed, you still have time left. Make the most of it. Why waste it looking for someone who may not even exist? He does exist. There is a window here. It won't be open long, and then it will close, and Benir will have gotten away with it. And I am going to do something worth remembering with what's left of my time. So... Moving on, I'm going. To, I'm going to gloss over a lot so that we can get to the next scene I want to talk about, which is that Nick Cage and Anton Yelchin, Yelchin decide that they need to go to Bucharest. 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 I get Romania. Bucharest and Budapest mixed up a lot, even though I've been to Budapest recently. Anyhow, so Bucharest. <laughs> they a go. Flex. Yeah, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> so they go to Bucharest. And they're like, we need someone on the inside in Bucharest. We need to find this doctor, but we don't know our way around. And Nick Cage is like, I know a girl. And Anton Yelchin looks like visibly disappointed. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you know a girl? What's this girl like? What's your history with her? Do you have a history with her? Did you sleep together or something? Do I have to compete with her? He doesn't say all of this, obviously. It's basically what he says. But it's in his face. You can see it. And in his sultry delivery. His very sultry delivery. So they meet with this girl at a Romanian restaurant and Nick Cage lights up a cigarette and the waiter comes over and says like, hey, you got to put the cigarette out. (laughs) And Nick Cage goes on another rampage. Yep, I am in Romania. Are you out of your fucking mind? This whole country is a smoking section. Uh, okay. Okay, sir. There is a smoking area upstairs. I'm putting it out. Jesus! He, like, takes out his visa and he's like, where am I? Oh, I'm in Romania, where you can smoke everywhere! Isn't this Romania? I thought this was Romania. <laughs> he's like, putting it out, Jesus! Anton Yelchin. And remember, he's freaking out because he has dementia. Apparently. So Anton Yelchin relays this story of how they met. And he looks at the girl and looks at Nick, looks disappointed and goes, I'm going to go back up to the room. And Nick Cage and this girl have the briefest conversation. He just leans in and starts kissing her. I mean, there was a little bit of the conversation when the three of them were there, like, Nick Cage sort of proposed to this girl years ago, mm. but uh, I, I don't know. He kissed her. I said, ew. We both said, ew. <laughs> it was a long kiss, too. Yeah. I. It was only on Nick's face as well, uh, but um, that could have been the re-editing. I'll blame Grindhouse for that. Oh, good call. So they. <laughs> <laughs> so the three of them go to the hospital to find the doctor. They find the doctor immediately, and they start interrogating the doctor, mm. and Nick Cage's dementia starts kicking in again because the doctor's name is dr cornell so he keeps going cornish 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 and then starts laughing hysterically at him Mm -hmm. you had asked me to mention that That was something yes to see so they have a plan now when i we have to we have to i guess level set here we're not making fun of dementia we're making fun of nicholas cage's perception and display of what he thinks dementia would look like right and i think that is on clear display in the next nick cage scene where nick cage is not in the hotel room that he's sharing with anton yelchin 
he is on a park bench in the most glorious Russian hat. <laughs> just beautiful. Just mwah, chef's kiss. It's gray chinchilla just fur. One of those ones that goes straight up. <laughs> like it barely covers his, his ears. Head. It, it doesn't way, cover his ear. It goes way up, way up there. Love it. His He's, gnarly ear. Anton Yelchin tracks him down on a park bench. I think or he's I just, said. just saying numbers. He's doing the loss numbers: four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, forty-two. He's not. It's not the loss numbers, but it's something like that. I don't know what the numbers signify. I don't think they ever mention no, it. No, he does it twice, though. Yes, he does, and he doesn't close Maybe his it was mouth. His like high school locker code. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but he doesn't close his mouth. No, it's the entire very scene. uncomfortable. And it's like, is that dementia is that what dementia is that you don't close your mouth he looked like he was having a stroke yeah i don't i just don't there's no consistency i mm-hmm. guess in in what he's what his character is going through i guess and i don't in know his, if there in, would be i don't know it's kind of the thing with dementia it's erratic sporadic yeah i don't know i I thought that was one of the worst seeds no it was terrible <laughs> so the plan now is that the doctor because this bad guy's on his last legs, the doctor has to go to Kenya to heal this bad guy. So they're going to have Nicolas Cage dress up as the doctor and uh, fly down to Kenya mm-hmm. to heal this bad guy. So there's a sort of an interesting scene, I guess, where the the doctor is meeting up with the guy who's going to take him down to Kenya and Anton Yelchin traps or tracks down the the bad the guys guy. the henchman and like slits his throat in the middle of the road yeah and it's really it graphic wild. yeah absolutely so there's some good stuff in there uh nick cage putting on his makeup to look like the he looks good with the mustache and the beard and the tinted glasses yeah i mean he it looked sort of natural on yeah. him in a way didn't look fake and it and it looked like he looked like he could pass as that doctor even though the doctor was right. obviously someone else yeah and older mm-hmm so Nick Cage gets down to Kenya. Uh, Anton Yelchin and he are at the hotel and they're walking Why, around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why does Anton Yelchin come with him? What yeah. does he have to gain from this? Because he always wanted to get into international affairs or something like that. Oh, well, he's having an international affair. Oh, he sure is. He's sharing hotel rooms with this hunky seasoned CIA veteran. <laughs> senile <laughs> whose who's brain isn't all the way there and you can easily take advantage of seasoned and senile seasoned and senile <laughs> hi welcome to ruby tuesdays where our chicken is seasoned and senile and it mates in a dignified fashion. <laughs> oh my god so the only scene i wanted to point out in this hotel room with anton uh, yelchin and nick cage is well two things actually one Nicholas Cage in the hotel room in Kenya, as he's already passed for the doctor, is just now Googling what thalassemia <laughs> is. He's like, hmm, thalassemia. Like, you he's like, to... maybe I should uh, look this up. <laughs> How do you not know? I mean, you gotta know. You gotta go way deeper than that to pretend to be like the world's leading expert in thalassemia. He goes on like WebMD. He doesn't. He just Googles thalassemia. <laughs> he just puts it into Google unbelievable he's like oh it's a blood disorder <laughs> oh blood i thought it was something I thought anemia had to do with jaundice <laughs> i thought it was your knees anemia oh my god that's what i thought i was way off 
So, also during the scene, he does take a brief moment to sniff a fake tree, which I thought was very interesting. Well, he was like, do you smell that? I was like, oh no, is he smelling burnt toast? Is he about to have a stroke? And he was like, do you smell that? When I touched your shoulder, it smelled and felt like dog fur. What? (laughs) And I think Anton, so for me also in the beginning of the movie, Anton Yelchin, I believe is russian or of russian descent or something in like real that. life in real life so i thought they were going to use that and make him be like a double agent and like turn on nicholas cage well, no one's point. russian in this movie though right well i didn't know that oh. I, I was <laughs> i was mixing up romanian for russian in That's the beginning because okay. <laughs> i was taking they're notes so geographically I yeah. quite close yeah exactly so their languages are sort of similar yeah. i guess yeah so nick cage makes it to the bad guy's place and he is actually in control of shit. And in the beginning, it's a pretty good scene when he's he traps the bad guy's henchman in the bathroom. He like just gives him a throat chop or something, and knocks yeah, him out knocks real him quick. Out cold. He's like a, he's a CIA operative. He's got uh, a blade hidden in his belt. He's got uh, that's some, the like, only uh, weapon he was able to take in because they frisked him. Yeah, well, he said he does also have some medication in a syringe that he oh, can use. Okay. Uh, so you know he's got options to take this guy out, but. He sits down in front of this bad guy who's already dying, and he peels off his mustache like a villain. He's like, remember me? And he peels off his ear prosthetic and goes like, remember me? And they have this long conversation, and he, and instead of just killing this guy and getting it over with, he starts flashing back and he starts reverting to how he was in the beginning of the movie when in he was being tortured in the interrogation. And so Nick Cage just sort of up and leaves, but not before... He screams at this guy a few mm. times in some, some incredible screams. Quality screams. So the first scream is he asks the bad guy. Well, the bad guy asks him, why didn't you just give me your real name? I would have let you go if you had just given me your real name. It was because you were lying to me that I tortured you so much. And Nick Cage asks him, do you think it made a difference? And then screams. Do you think it made any difference? so that was really loud and out of nowhere yeah the second scream is (laughs) i remember the second the bells and the alarms in the town start going off because it's time to pray in the in the muslim religion i believe you know every time it's it it comes time to pray what is it twice a day three times Mm -hmm. a day twice a day i think so so the bells go off in the town to let everybody know so that so this guy who's got thalassemia is like here nick help me up it's time for me to pray and Nick screams at him. No, I won't do that. Just solid screams it's in a there. Good scream. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he leaves and he goes back to the hotel with Anton Yelchin, and they're just like, "Hey, let's go for a walk by the pool." And they're walking by the pool, and then Anton Yelchin's in mid sentence, and people start lighting the place up. Just like guns start going off. Anton Yelchin gets hit. Nick Cage gets hit. Nick Cage tracks a guy down and, and was able to kill him and take his keys and steal his car and go back to the other guy's place. The thalassemia The thalassemia dude. <laughs> and he shows up. I love He shows up and he goes, Salam alaikum, asshole. <laughs> and they start, they start fighting each other. And Nick Cage gets bit twice, once on the hand and once in the face and has a really good scream yeah, here. Visceral. But then I guess the knife gets knocked away and he kills this guy by taking his index finger and jamming it through his, his eye. So gross. Really graphic. Nick Cage squishy too. Nick Cage gets back in the car. It's late. 
he starts sort of passing out and he decides Swerving. his work here is done and I, whether intentionally or unintentionally he swerves his car into an oncoming truck and dies and then there's another flashback of scene two again the one where he's breaking in the army recruits mm-hmm. and he's screaming and singing at them for some reason yeah and the movie ends no i mean it it goes to uh oh to national Ce- uh, yeah. cemetery yeah where you see his headstone yeah while while the audio from that scene is playing yeah there's so you, like so visuals you see that he died yeah you see yes yes thank you so you know he died for sure mm. yeah oof was what i said after that yep. yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh mm-hmm. any other closing thoughts had like i said i don't think this is an eight no, but I don't, I don't think it's an eight. I would give think it like it's a good. 20 maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That's for sure. All right. No more closing thoughts. Let's do some Nicolas Cage awards. Let's All not... thoughts have escaped me. <laughs> let's, let's not uh, delay this. Or uh, belabor. Belabor this any further. Nicolas Cage awards. Best supporting actor. The I doctor. The girl. Anton, Anton Yelchin. I don't care. All right, yeah, let's, Anton Yelchin. Let's give it to Anton Yelchin in his sexy, sedu- seductive ways. <laughs> uh, best dressed. Is it it's as the, the doctor? It's, it's the, the hat. hat. It's the hat. It's, it's the hat. It's so good. Uh, worst Nick Cage scene. Is it Ruby Tuesday? Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best Nick Cage scene. Mm. See, for me, it could have been at the end where he doesn't kill him. But it could also be where he does, does kill, him. kill him. Salam Aleichem. S- Salam Aleichem, asshole. <laughs> is that the best scene? I don't... I don't where he pokes so. his eye out? No. Maybe it's the first scene. When oh, where he's talking to the talking CIA, to CIA recruits. recruits. That is a weird scene. Yeah, let's, let's do right. that one. That sounds good. I love that. Uh, best Nick Cage scream. We've got a lot of them. We've got uh, <laughs> Obama's ass. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really scream, he doesn't that, scream one. that one. Yeah, I resign was right after that. That That's was definitely fine. scream. That was a good scream. Let me see here. We've got I'm putting it out. Jesus talking about a cigarette in the restaurant, yeah, and good. then there's the two or three major ones at the end with mm-hmm. what you did, you and no, I won't do that. Uh, no, I won't do that. <laughs> no, I won't do that. <laughs> Very good. That one made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Because, of course, it's like a Nick Cage movie, so he has to build up to a big scream at the end. He just always does. Finally, our final award, the most nouveau shamanic moment. Is it his Elvis impression at Ruby Tuesdays? The Elvis smile at Ruby Tuesdays. I mean, there are a lot of that kind of thing. There's the Elvis impression. There's the gritted teeth as he waves his head around as he goes. Oh, veneer, damn it! Yeah, I like that one too. There's the turn he does in that scene in the beginning. The, the army turn. Like these are things that are not in the script. That are like that's definitely Nick Cage's choice. Why would he choose? I to think do the that? gritted teeth, veneer, damn it, because it reminded me of. I didn't know you smoked cigars, babe, especially that burned. <laughs> Deadfall. Go back and listen to our episode on Deadfall or watch Deadfall, honestly. That's a fun one. That had a 0% of Rotten to That is, yes. According to critics, the worst movie we've seen so far. According so, to us, second best. <laughs> I, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. All right. So speaking of how much fun you have with a movie and quality of the movie, where are we ranking this one, Han? 
because Hi- I higher been... than expected, I would say. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So let's. See. I mean, you have to remember that this is a movie where Nick Cage is playing someone who progressively gets like more unhinged. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know what it sort of reminded me of was a much worse Matchstick Man. Yeah, I could see that. Just in his mannerisms, because he I was think also lower sort of... than that. I think lower than Next, lower than Gone in sixty seconds, oh, lower these than are Drive all Angry. Really good. Yeah, Frozen Ground was better than this. 8mm, Honeymoon in Vegas. Maybe between 8mm and The Frozen Ground. Because The Frozen Ground was the other Grindhouse film. Oh, yeah. How do yeah. you feel about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. Snuff it, movie. It, it was, and that was a pretty solid movie. I guess the issue with 8mm was that there weren't very many cagey moments no, or very is, screaming this moments. Is However, excruciatingly cagey. This would put... Th- that would put this movie above movies like Birdie, Snake Eyes, Lord of War, Bangkok Dangerous. Although the Lord of War and Bangkok Dangerous were both very like, they weren't as cagey as we had expected. I think this is cagier than Snake Eyes. Okay. All yeah, right, I mean, so. hot, probably a super hot take to put this so high, but... Yeah, but so high is still at like 30 or something. It's like halfway. Yeah. I, so I think it's okay. I'm, I'm pleased with that ranking. So you said between 8mm and Honeymoon in Vegas? No. Oh, no, no, between the frozen ground. Right, because of the Grindhouse film connection. Yeah, Yeah, so if if anyone asks. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone asks. (laughs) All right, so here, I remembered the question. You didn't have to remind me. It's about Anton (laughs) Yes. So next week, the movie that we would watch is a movie called The Runner. I don't know anything about the movie. It's not really well rated. What do you mean that we would watch? So... The question that I have to you is, and I'll tell you why Anton Yelchin would remind me, is that we are starting to get into an era where Nicolas Cage is not just in things where he's an actor. So most recently, he plays himself in the history of swear words. Yeah. So there's a documentary that we've referenced, I believe, on the podcast before that chronologically would come next, and it's called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? yeah. And I've seen it before, and it's a really interesting documentary. I know that Nick Cage doesn't have a huge role in that. In fact, he's not interviewed. It's all secondhand footage, but he's in it. So my question for you is that, because after the death of Superman Lives, there are, I believe, two more documentaries, one of which is a documentary about the life of Anton Yelchin, where Nicolas Cage is being interviewed in it. So do we include those in our lineup, or do we just stick with the things he's an actor in? And maybe down the road, we'll do a bonus episode on those. I want to do the history of swear words because we watched the first episode and he's not just himself. He's He's playing a character. He's an exaggerated version of himself. Yeah, it's not like he's being interviewed. Mm -hmm. He has a script. Right. So that's the only reason that I'm going to say that that is permissible. Okay. But I don't think that the documentaries should be permissible because that means that I would have to watch every single interview that he's ever been in too. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, and but that's what that's what the distinction was for me was the difference between documentaries and like uh, so like it, it's yeah, like a feature but like, length. Has film. he ever been on SNL? You know, yes. like things so, like that too. Yeah, but that's what I mean is like that. So a documentary is a feature length film oh, versus versus like an episode of like Ellen, you know, yeah, where yeah, he yeah. shows up or something. Yeah, okay, got it. But no, so we'll skip them and skip those for now, except for history of swear words, and we'll yeah. um, mm. maybe come back at a and do a bonus. episode. We watch of, enough yeah. Nick Cage. I don't need to see that. Him. Is true. <laughs> 
It's true. I don't need you to tell me that you're tacking on like four more things for me to watch. <laughs> you know what? This watch is enough things? for me. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what you're talking this about. This is taxing enough on I, me. I don't. I don't know what that. Oh, I don't health. even know what that means. <laughs> So anyway, next week we will be watching The Runner then. And I don't really know anything about The Runner. No. Does it look like an action movie? Let's find out. Drug Runner maybe? Yeah, or a weapons runner. Mm -hmm. What was that weapons movie from South Africa? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Colin Price. The Runner. That's the name of his character. Oh. Oh, in the aftermath of the 2010 BP oil spill. Oh, goodness oh the runner as in he's running for like uh president or something it's a political movie it seems ew yeah because there's a picture of like the capitol building or something in the background on the poster okay so there's that so that's what we're gonna be watching next week can't can't wait can't wait here we are anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here hen let's let's hit the road and head to ruby tuesdays (laughs) Get, get yourself some ruby tuesdays this week in honor of this movie i'm sure they could i'm sure they could use the in honor of this movie this movie that just died and failed miserably and dying in the light i wonder if the people at ruby tuesdays were know like this exists we're like oh my god we're gonna be mentioned like four times in a Nicolas Cage movie. Honestly, like this next time great. I go to Ruby Tuesdays, which I mean, <laughs> I don't know when that will be. We live in a city with like a great food scene. We rarely go to chain restaurants. I have so many fond memories of being at Ruby Tuesdays as like a teenager. Yeah, you won't shut up about their salad bar. <laughs> it was so good. Their croutons are unmatched. Actually, my dad loved Ruby Tuesdays. Really? He would go there for lunch all the time when I was a kid. Like during his work days, oh he would. My God. He'd be like, "Oh my God, the salad bar at Ruby." Ruby Tuesdays, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so you oh, can I'm call, call my dad him about after it. this. Fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hell, man. Well, now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Now.